Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Season 2 debuts tonight. Phil Kogan, always great having him on the show. Uh, if you could, if uh, you get in touch with Mikey Eyebrows or Knuckles, <laughs> could you ask him to lighten up on the juice I owe for that loan? Uh, it sounds like two guys I knew out of New York <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah, let's hope you don't Best find of... yourself wearing some concrete boots. And, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not comfortable with those guys around a cement mixer. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, uh, especially near water. Uh, it sounds like a great episode of some television show. <laughs> Knuckles comes after you to put on the concrete boots. <laughs> Believe me, it's my personal nightmare, my friend. I see that in my dreams every night. Thanks for being with us, Bill. A pleasure, you. my friend. All right, thank you. Good Mikey Eyebrows and Knuckles, Luby. He started saying these things, and, he, and he's doing his spiel. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he's like, yeah, we had eyebrows. And I'm like, eyebrows. And he's like, we had Knuckles. I'm like, is this Defoe and Jersey talking? I'm like, who are, what are these nicknames? Sounds like the Greek. You, the Greek, and Jersey always have the best nicknames for your friends. I'm like, this is on CBS or is this on HBO? I'm like, what is going on? Mikey Eyebrows and Knuckles. <laughs> Get ready for the concrete boots. <laughs> Why do I feel like I already know these guys? Yeah, I swore I've met them before at the Deke. <laughs> Who's ready for the concrete boots? Right? Some guy that buried you at the track with a series of losers that he insisted you bet. We have Frank Schwab with us, the senior NFL uh, reporter and writer for Yahoo Sports. Been there a long, long time. We had this question come up uh, earlier in the program, or at least this uh, image. And I was watching some clips last night of how close Mahomes came to pulling off miraculous plays in this game. But And he was facing immense pressure all throughout, running for his life, literally. Who, in your opinion, faced less pressure? Mahomes versus Tampa Bay's defense in the Super Bowl or Russell Crowe entering the arena in the gladiator movie? <laughs> it's, it's probably actually Russell Crowe. I probably had an easier time. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, they... they let, I mean, <laughs> yeah, either way, I'd rather face a lion maybe than Shaq Barrett. Glenn Robbins, you can't tell her the truth. You know that. Uh, we've been talking about that all day. Valentine's Day, the last thing you want is transparency, my friend. Well, look, I never opened the mail on Father's Day. <laughs> never. You didn't want to know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to get a dear Len, you know, my name is Karen. You know, we met at the Tony Oh, no. <laughs> the time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. All right, on a beautiful Wednesday, welcome to the show. A little soggy out there from yesterday, but uh, nonetheless, is it more of the same today? Mike Luby Lubitz, Jeff DeForest, with you on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, any idea what you look like out there, Luby? You've been outside already. Uh, I just walked outside uh, to see if I could find my newspaper. It wasn't out there. 
And uh, fortunately, nobody was walking by because uh, I had a short T-shirt on and no pants. I'm going to get busted on A1A, am I not? One of these days, uh, cops going to roll by there and go, Hey, there's a naked man in front of that house. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna... They probably wouldn't even stop, right? <laughs> of what significance would my naked presence be, uh, e- even out in public, just running down uh, the streets here at the A1A in Pompano Beach? Uh, always great to have uh, not only sports action that is live on at this time of the morning, but how about compelling Sports action that is live. Uh, we've been talking about this Australian Open. I'm not sure if it's the most popular subject. You heard that uh, stuff with Harvey Fialkoff yesterday. That was kind of interesting. That even going back to when he was at the Sun Sentinel uh, into the heyday of uh, tennis uh, being a dynamite uh, and upfront sport here, uh, very much in the focus of the people of the United States of America, they eventually just dropped the coverage because it didn't move the needle, as they say in this business. How is that possible here, Luby, with, with all of the tennis interest? I mean, you go to any public courts, and they're packed almost all the time. Got to call uh, two days in advance to make a reservation to get out there if you're playing in the morning. And even uh, in the mid-afternoon when it's uh, 1,000 degrees outside in the summertime, you're still going to see people out there playing. But with all of this interest and people participating in this sport, how is it possible that it is ignored completely when it comes to coverage? Or is that part of the reason that newspapers are going out of business? What do you think? I mean, it seems like golf and tennis should be a topic of just more general discussion here in South Florida, maybe, than most other areas of the country. No, And we have any number of great players in both sports that spend most of their time here and or even grew up here. Witness your man Brooks Kepka and, of course, Daniel Berger, back-to-back winners on the PGA Tour. And uh, that uh, leads to my first dilemma of the morning here, Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, I don't know that I want to seek your advice on this, but uh, it might be interesting. Because it's almost impossible. In handicapping golf, if you can do it, you can make yourself substantial amounts of money. But it's not easy because, uh, you know, so many people in the field, and they're all capable of winning. But I am about to enter yet another golf pool. Usually it's only on the majors. Mm-hmm. A golf pool for this week's 2021 Genesis Invitational at the Riviera Country Club, which will always hold a special place in my heart. It was the first time I was ever out on any kind of a journalistic assignment to cover golf was at the Riviera Country Club, where I remember young Deef very nervously sitting with the great uh, ex-Florida Gator Andy Bean, who was a prominent player on the tour at the time, and one of the nicer guys you would run into. A lot of golfers are stiffs. Uh, have you been out there for any of those golf tournament coverage uh, things? Uh, we, we've never really done it, did we? We did uh, one we Cadillac. Went to, uh, oh, the senior uh, yeah. senior tour, the Champions Tour. We were out there for that uh, at uh, Broken Sound. Uh, what other tournament? We were at the Cadillac. We had the Cadillac uh, World Golf Championships. Championship. Um, one year, the last year before <laughs> the former president, and he wasn't the president yet, did something and got in the way of something, and they lo- we lost that tournament down here in South Florida. Went to like Mexico, but we went that one year. And that was an interesting experience, like being there in the morning when you see them hit their first tee shots, practice rounds. Oh, it was that's like, right. I in, remember it that. Was different. I remember that day. We were out there in the middle of nowhere, remember? We couldn't find a location. Yes. Because uh, we were in a tent, and uh, nobody knew. Uh, and, and that happens, right? Uh, it's kind of a shape-up thing where, you know, you show up, and you're just hoping that you can get there by the time the show starts, even if you got to the grounds like an hour and a half earlier. <laughs> uh, you know where we're set up? Uh, yeah, yeah, radio station uh, out, <laughs> out there. By the beer tent? Okay. Uh, actually, they treat us very well. We didn't, we didn't get a lot of uh, action on the interview. 
no. front, did we? Uh, I don't recall having anybody on the show, uh, any of the golfers, that, that's for sure. Because we were away from the clubhouse. At, at the Rowell, it was always great to sit right there. It used to put us in some pretty good locations if you were the sponsoring station of the golf tournament. And uh, we, we would get uh, access to a few people, uh, but uh, more often than not, the guys would just blow by you, including, I, I really am I'm sorry to say this, but we got blown off by Big Jack Nicholas one morning. Big Jack, who's so uh, available and uh, ready to talk to the media and uh, was always uh, very gracious, or so it seemed, looks us right in the eye and says, I ain't got time for you guys. Big Jack Nicholas, that was a bitter disappointment. And, of course, I will never be appreciative of Raymond Floyd's great accomplishments. I mean, I can appreciate his accomplishments, but, wow. Wins Doral one year, Luby. You can dig this, having had to chase down many an interview, and especially with the frantic moves that you have to make on the various radio row coverages that we've done at the Super Bowl, where people are kind of anxious to talk to anybody. But Raymond Floyd had some kind of a rub with sports talk radio and refused, even after winning the tournament, for the sponsoring station. Now, we're the only guys out there at the end of the uh, Doral tournament that he won, and he had beaten Freddie Couples, who got in trouble on the 18th hole there. He was behind that tree on the right side. I don't know. Have you ever played that Doral Blue Monster no. course, Luby? No, I've heard it's no? crazy. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm not sure uh, where it ranks overall in terms of degree of difficulty. I, I think it would be far more difficult, although the scores didn't indicate this. If the wind wasn't blowing at the rail, that, that, that was the big key, right? Wind is a four-letter word in golf, especially yes. at the Blue Monster. And if the wind was blowing, uh, you know, a significant uh, number of miles per hour, like, uh, say, what, over 15, 20 miles an hour? It turned the best golfers in the world into mush. Yeah. V.J. Singh wasn't very accommodating uh, when it came to doing interviews. I remember approaching him. Uh, and and uh, doesn't it suck, Luby? I mean, you've dealt with this far more than me over the last ten and a half years where a guy just says, look, I, I don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it's like getting turned down for a date, isn't it? I mean, you spent the whole day working your way up to call. I'm going to call her at 6 o'clock. Okay, I'm going to call her at 6.30. I'm going to call her at 7. I'm going to call her at 7.30, and then uh, you're thinking about what you're going to say, and you're going to come up with some kind of clever opening line, some girl that you really haven't been with, but uh, you sort of think uh, there's half a shot there. You get her phone number somehow, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, by, you know, some, some kind of uh, spying technique or whatever uh, through a friend, give her a call out of the blue, and uh, she says, uh, who to bleep are you? <laughs> that, that was a <laughs> you're done that's the worst yeah, i mean it's a it's a crushing blow and uh, yep. it's the same thing i mean in this business you lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Very politely come up to somebody. I mean, I'm not one of these aggressive guys. You know that. You when it, it comes to this sort of thing. It's like, uh, VJ, would you have a second? Calvin Pete blew me off, too, at the uh, Honda Classic one time. Only guy out there. It was raining. He was on a putting green, like a distant putting green that was out of the mainstream. And I'm walking around, and I see, wow, that's Calvin Pete. Uh, he's got a great story, right? A black guy playing on the PGA Tour wasn't exactly a readily accepted thing. In fact, uh, what do we have? I mean, we probably have fewer black PGA players uh, than we do coaches in the NFL. Is that possible, Luby? Probably. Uh, 
I mean, I guess they exist. They're not getting, they're not prime time. Well, no, I mean, uh, you you never see, uh, what, maybe, uh, what are they, one or two? I have no idea. Players of any significance outside of Tiger. Uh, Almost nobody that you can think of, right? Uh, There have to be a couple, right? I have no clue. Uh, Black players on a PGA Tour that are doing something. uh, There's like one or two. And uh, that's about it. So I, I thought, wow, this is a great story. I mean, my kind of story, uh, the underdog guy that's uh, not getting treated necessarily the same as everybody else, going to country clubs. And uh, Callum Pete essentially told me to go uh, bleep myself. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we've been blown off by uh, a lot of golfers. Monty was my favorite, of course, one of my favorite incidents ever. And I, I'm, I'm not as evil uh, to, with you, Luby, yeah, as I would never. be. Maybe with some previous uh, producers that I had. But I was just having some fun one day. I knew Monty hated doing interviews, and, and the crowd hated Monty. They loved to get on his back. Every, uh, you know, bunny in the crowd uh, was screaming, Miss it, fat man! Miss it, fat man! Right in the middle of his backswing. It didn't even matter, right? When he shanked that one, uh, what was that, the U.S. Open, and he was in contention. And this was a guy, I believe, I, I think it still stands, that uh, Colin Montgomery... Never won a golf tournament on U.S. soil. Is that true? I have to check with the Duke. On I that. don't know uh, about that. Off the top of my head, I want to say that Colin Montgomery never won a golf tournament. That was one of those things like Phil Mickelson is the best golfer never to win a major. And then you never want to be ascribed with that tag if you're in the game of golf because it's kind of like, hey, you know what? You're good, but you're a failure. Nobody wants to be labeled as such. But I, I sent uh, Jim Greasehopper. You remember Jim Greasehopper, now huge uh, with MMA. And uh, dedicated totally to a coverage uh, of uh, the UFC. And I I told him I'm at a remote there, and Monty walks by. He just shot like an 86. I I looked on the board there, and I thought, my God, this guy's got to be steaming, right? You you could see smoke coming out of his ears. He had a bad day. (laughs) Like a horrible day. Like he was going to miss the cut by 11 strokes. Oh, no. (laughs) And um, sure enough, I I, I say to him, my guy Jim, man, he was relatively green. I think he had just started the job. I say, hey, there's Monty. Why don't you see if he'll do something with us? So he goes running after Colin Montgomery, who's walking at a very fast pace for a fat guy. He wasn't really all that fat, right? It just in golf. It looked like he, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like he was Kiradesh Effie Barnard, no. one, one of no. our favorites, who, uh, by the way, was in the Pebble Beach tournament. Hadn't seen his name uh, recently. He's uh, more prominent on, like, the Asian tours. Yes. But uh, I sent Greasehopper uh, running after uh, Monty, and I, I swear, Luby, I had to intervene as Monty was about to swing his driver <laughs> right at this kid's head. And he very politely went up to him, uh, Colin, uh, hey, we'd love to get you on the show. We're doing a little show out here. I think we were in uh, Radio Purgatory at the time, so it wasn't even like a significant radio station like this one. And we couldn't say, well, we're not only on uh, 940 Winds, but we're syndicated on 1230 The Zone. And guess what, Monty? They can hear you over there and. Uh, Foreign countries all the way in Europe. They want to hear what you have to say after shooting an 86, you fat. <laughs> no, he didn't approach it like that. But uh, usually, uh, you know, pretty ugly. But I, I do remember, and I, I will not forget this, Andy Bean, very gracious Andy Bean. And when we were doing those tournaments at Doral years ago, who was one of the few guys that would stop by? It was Andy Bean. And you could say, hey, Andy, you want to talk to us? By then, uh, by the time he got to Doral, he had won that tournament, I believe, Andy Bean might have won the Doral Open, and it had various titles. It was a Doral Eastern Open. It was a Doral Ryder Open. Then it became a World Golf, uh, what is that, championship event, which is like invitation only. But uh, Andy Bean had won that thing uh, two or three times uh, at Doral. Floyd blew us off, though, 
And uh, Freddie Couples, who finished second, a very disappointing second after landing his ball under a tree on the right side of 18, and that cost him the tournament. He lost by a shot, I think. Uh, sat down and talked with me for like 20 minutes, and that's the kind of guy that uh, you're always going to root for, right? Freddie Couples, bad back and all. If his back wasn't like Quasimodo, th- this guy would have won uh, tournaments until he was like 60. Phenomenal swing, like one of the sweetest swings you'll see in any sport. All right, so there's live action going on right now, and uh, they were spitting up falafel balls after the third set here because just when you thought Rafael Nadal was in complete control of his... Is this a quarterfinal match? Quarterfinal match against uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, one of the hot young players on the tour. This guy looks like a stud with a tennis racket, that's for sure. And uh, he, he blew us off for an interview, remember that? Yes. When we were getting all those interviews, because uh, uh, Patrick uh, Mortuglu, yeah, what, what's the uh, Mortuglu, Mortuglu, the coach of Serena Williams, and he had started some uh, tennis league or whatever during the COVID pandemic uh, very early on, and so he was willing to come on. He did a couple of interviews with us; a lot of fun. He's he's very prominent right now, uh, Mortuglu. You see a lot of Mortuglu uh, shots uh, with the Serena Williams run that she's having right now in the Australian Open, and. I think that match is later on today. Ten o- Serena it's and ten Naomi o'clock. Osaka. 10 o'clock tonight. We have a big weekend coming up in about a week here. I want to get into that also, uh, Mike Luby-Lew. It's February 27th. Because this is kind of a hybrid town when it comes to sporting events, or at least it was. When I moved here in 1981, I was kind of shocked. So I didn't think about this before I moved here, and I wanted to get into the sports coverage business. But uh, we didn't have anything. huh? We had the Miami Dolphins. And the Miami Hurricanes starting to make a little blip on the radar under the great, uh, well, you know, uh, we got to draw a line uh, right here in Palm Beach and declare this the state of Miami, under the great Howard Schnellenberger. And then I, I remember after the football season, I was thinking, who can I turn to? I thought, okay, well, there must be some, like, UM college basketball, nothing, oh, no. not a senor. Oh, no. We had no NBA team, we had no NHL team, and we had no professional baseball team. And so most of the sporting scene here was comprised of these sort of different one-time events. We had two golf tournaments. We had also, I guess, you know, soon after I moved here, they had the Miami Grand Prix. That was a big event. And that was about it, right? There wasn't much to talk about, huh? No wonder we had all those Don Shula quotes. Exactly. <laughs> Here's what Shula said about the up. No one cared about the draft back then either, Luby. You couldn't spend like four weeks you know, talking about, well, not even four weeks. You, you could even spend uh, four months leading up to the draft talking about the draft. Here it's a year-round topic, yes. is it not? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What, what, what are the Dolphins going to do at number three, by the way, Louie? Do you have any idea? I think they're looking for a trade. I mean, but again, you're right. It's three months away or two. It's Would you two take a six-foot-tall wide receiver? As good as uh, Devontae Smith is and the kid out of LSU, well, would you take a guy that was six feet tall to be your number one wide receiver? Oh, yeah. I mean, why? O- at OBJ? number three. At, at number three. At three. If there was no trade partners, I would take Chase. I The questions about Smith do scare me a little bit. Chase is a monster. Like, Chase is six foot, foot tall, but he's 205 pounds. Like, Chase yeah. is built. Smith is six foot tall, 175 pounds. He is right. scares the living daylights out of So you would take that over the uh, the sure given, Mr. Bill Parcells. The Sewell? The, uh, left I don't know. out of Oregon. Yeah. And Sewell. I, like... I think that. Don't they have to just dangle that pick out there and uh, wait? I, I yes. would wait till the final half a second. Yes. 
Like there would be, uh, you know, the NBA thing when, when they get into uh, having the decimal point there in the final minute. Yes. I, I would wait till yes. the final half a second, maybe even the final tenth of a second before I stopped the clock and made a pick uh, to see if anybody was tempted to just offer me a windfall of uh, draft booty, as they say. Exactly. And, uh, and, and take that pick because they coveted somebody, a quarterback or something, right? Yes. Very, very interesting position to be in. I, I wanted to get into some draft mistakes here because uh, I was reading an article this morning online about the Tennessee Titans. Did you see what happened with their guy, Isaiah Wilson? He was the number 29 overall pick last year in the draft. Isaiah Wilson, they thought he was going to solidify their left side. Yes. They already had a guy on the right side they thought was pretty good. They figured they were in good shape. They could protect Ryan Tannehill for the rest of their lives. They had a good season last year before getting knocked out in the playoffs. But this guy, Isaiah Wilson, never played for them. Nah. Never played, and they haven't talked to him since last uh, the end of last year. What? No contact whatsoever. The guy's, like, uh, disappeared from the planet. They don't know if he even wants to play. Uh, First-round pick? <laughs> oh, That's geez. a mistake. We were reminded of one of the uglier mistakes uh, in uh, NBA, well, certainly in South Florida NBA history, right? With uh, Devin Booker on the court last night. Although, how about this? James Harden, without Kyrie Irving and without Kevin Durant in the lineup, sparks a 40-point fourth quarter. And the Brooklyn Nets, who uh, we haven't been able to figure out which way they're going. Is it up or down? Uh, come back and beat the Phoenix Suns. Even though Chris Paul had a great game, Devin Booker had 22. And they come back and beat him by four points, a 40-point fourth quarter. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. They won the fourth quarter by like uh, 14 points over the Phoenix Suns. Imagine you'd be choking on that if you had uh, gone ahead and laid the points with the Phoenix Suns in that game. All right, uh, we have many things to get into. We're all over the map here so far today. The Nadal match continues and is now in the fourth set with CC Pass. Later on tonight is the blockbuster, of course, Serena Williams, Naoma Osaka. Who are you picking in that? I think Williams kicks her ass. You believe Williams just blows right through Osaka. You realize, of course, that Naoma Osaka holds in their three-match history a 2-1 advantage actually over Serena Williams. Good for her. I know Serena's playing really. Like Serena looks, she's lost weight. She's toned up. She's a few years removed now from having a kid. Like she looks like this is. She understands this. The sun is setting. Like this, I feel like she's gonna make this like a, a this year one of those years to cap off her career. How is that even possible? I mean, does this exceed anything that Brady did yes, in winning yes. the Super Bowl? Sorry, yes. Women, women in tennis, not even men. Like when Connors did it at thirty nine, it was nuts. Women in tennis, like you're by your mid thirties, you're older for a woman. Thirty, like I guess Navratilova did it later, but I don't remember her winning. Like Navratilova just playing in her late thirties was wow, look at her. Like 
playing and winning and being at this level in your late 30s as a woman is nuts. I think Virginia Wade, she looked like she was 40 when yeah, she was 16. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne Goolagong, remember her? Yvonne Goolagong? She was a, a great, great champion out of Australia. She stuck around for a long, long time. Billie Jean King, didn't she play until she was uh, pretty old? No? She beat Bobby know. Riggs. She had to be over 40 there, no? Yeah. Or was well, she in her prime? <laughs> I think she was younger, I mean, and that's a whole nother ball of wax. There's another thing that struck me. I mean, uh, tennis has had a couple of re- really just outrageous betting scandals and controversies. And it's interesting that uh, this DraftKings thing is fueling the entire tennis channel. Because uh, they've had a couple of incidents where it was not only suspect, but uh, I guess maybe later on even proven that there was something uh, radically wrong with the way the play was conducted. All right, all right, we're going to run. Uh, we'll, we'll come back with more. And, and now, I mean, uh, you, you couldn't have their advocating betting like on individual serves. Uh, I'll give you two to one that he doesn't get this first serve in. Can you imagine? And, and people are sending it in on that. world is Meshuggah. By the way, uh, if you're in a, a business meeting, Luby, at what point should the word compensation come up? I have to consult with the Greek on this. You think the Greek leads with that? Yes. Uh, how much are you going to pay me? See, he's a smart guy. That's why he has money and we don't. Well, he, well actually, well, I, I've been around the Greek. He, when he talks about money, he doesn't think twice about it. He no. does it in passing in the conversation like it's nothing. Like he'll throw out huge figures and like, yeah, it's only whatever. So anyways... And then he'll just go back. He'll, he'll throw it out there like it's not a big deal, and he'll never talk about it again. And he'll just assume that they're going to pay it and not think twice about it. It's very interesting the way he handles it. No, it's good. I mean, uh, that, that's the way you should be because uh, most talent, uh, especially, you know, uh, anybody that wants to be on the air, right, uh, you're willing to take like a birdcage. <laughs> as part of, <laughs> well, yeah, just guarantee me that I'll, I'll get something out of it. That, that, that's all I care about. All right. All right, uh, we have to run. That's why the uh, Greek is so successful, and he's be, uh, he'll be coming your way at 3 o'clock this afternoon. We're going to be with you till 10. Uh, we have a giveaway, a sensational giveaway. We did this yesterday, and we've been authorized to do it again all week long, which is great. Uh, tickets to the uh, NASCAR race that's coming up. And February 27th, how about this? You have on the same day, February 27th, a NASCAR race, the prelude to the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. You have the Fountain of Youth. A focal point for three-year-olds developing, trying to run in the spring classics at Gulfstream Park. And a Canelo Alvarez fight, all in the same day in this town. How about that? You talk about Big Event City. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Oh, what do you mean, Deef? Nobody's going. It's 627. Get down in there, shirk off the defender. The only way to get your morning started is with Defoe, joined by Luby, right here on the Defoe Show. Where do we go from here? Now that all of the children are growing up. Welcome back to the show. It's a Luby Tuesday here on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and the iHeartRadio app around the world. I'm Jeff DeForest. And Mike Luby Lubitz, a very upset Mike Luby Lubitz. He was apoplectic last night. Uh, it was kind of like that time uh, years ago when we had the big three. And uh, Luby was screaming at a television set from a mile away in a sports bar, Landlubbers, as a matter of fact, where he was born. And he was screaming. It was one nothing, 
whoever was playing the Miami I think Heat, it was a Bobcats. A throw. I think it was like the Bobcats in like a regular season game. <laughs> and he's screaming at a television set in front of a huge throng that was there assembled that night as we were doing a radio show going, that's it, you're mailing it in, mailing it in. I thought, Libby, it's one nothing. It's an NBA game. They could be down 30 with four minutes to go. It still wouldn't matter. They're still in it. And then very upset with the Heat and the way they performed last night. We welcome to the show. Help us straighten things out. Sean Devaney, one of our favorites when it comes to analyzing the NBA, Forbes Sports, Heavy.com. And at NBA alumni on Twitter, Sean, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Good morning, sir. Uh, we're all right. Can you uh, lend uh, a tone of sanity or uh, a grain of sanity <laughs> or tell me to, to the program me here? I mean, uh, Luby is spitting up blood after last night's loss <laughs> to the Clippers. Uh, I mean, is it fair to uh, go ahead and make any kind of reasonable assessment of the Miami Heat? Because they certainly are underwhelming so far this year in terms of their expectation coming off of last season in the bubble. Yeah, I think last night is a is the kind of win that really uh, the kind of loss. Sorry, <laughs> that really does sting. Uh, you know, just because uh, obviously the Clippers with the with the four starters out, you kind of assumed uh, that they were going to come out and and you know try to uh, uh, you know try to stay in the game, try to try try, try to be uh, you know play above their their station a little bit. That happens a lot when you get your stars out when you get that many starters out. Um, and, and, and the, the heat just didn't seem really ready for that. And, and as the game progressed, you, I just kept expecting that, that Miami was going to kind of take over, uh, and it never happened. Uh, so that's a really frustrating game, uh, on a road trip that is, is kind of make a break here. You know, I mean, they're 11 and 16. They can't come off this road trip, uh, you know, under, under 500 on the trip. Uh, so to, to, to have an opportunity like that and to blow it, uh, it's, it's really tough. Uh, uh, that's, that's the kind of loss that, uh, you know, I think is one that you kind of circle here. Uh, and, and, and if they don't bounce back, uh, then, then I think this is the kind of game that you point to and say, that's one of the reasons. It's been haphazard for the heat, but for a lot of teams, uh, they've had to deal with the same thing where they've been missing players and COVID restrictions, injuries, all kinds of stuff. Um, is that an excuse at this point? What, what do you see? I mean, can you pinpoint the things that the Heat would need to do if they were going to become contenders again and find their way into the postseason and, and again be a factor? Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, it, it, it certainly is an excuse because you've had teams that have been pretty much unaffected by COVID, and and then you've had teams that have been uh, pretty well decimated by it, and, and the Heat are one of those. Uh, the Celtics, who are also struggling pretty badly now, um, you, you know, they're another one of those. Uh, you know, meanwhile, you have teams like the Lakers uh, or Utah who are, are, are playing very well. They haven't been touched at all by it. So, you, could, you, you know, I, I do think it is a valid excuse. Um, but, you know, having said that, when you get everybody back, uh, and, you know, Boston's in the same exact position. They've got everybody back. They just can't seem to get it together. You know, they just, uh, you know, the lack of practice time, uh, the lack of conditioning, the lack of playing together, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to happen overnight. Problem is, you know, we're almost halfway through this season. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, the teams that have been hit by COVID are the ones that just haven't, uh, uh, haven't been able to recover. You just really haven't seen a lot of teams uh, that, uh, uh, that miss significant games or have been missing significant players for the long periods of time and are still playing well. You just, it's just not happening. So, um, you know, I, I, I always thought this season people was going to be sort of, you know, people talked about an asterisk last year. Last year, I think this is the real asterisk season because it's just going to matter. Uh, the only thing that matters is whether your team's been hit by COVID or not. And, and I think you see that in the results. 
And coming to you from the Office Only Studios, DFO's coming to you from the Barefoot Beach Villas Verbal Laboratory, talking NBA with Sean Devaney, who covers hoops for heavy.com and Forbes Sports, also NBA alumni. Well, and that's the thing, Sean, is we, we, we talked with Ethan Skolnick, who covered the NBA for a long time yesterday, and my question was, how can the Heat fix it? I think the greater question is, how can the NBA fix it? And, and like, right. last year they were smart, and the players didn't want to do it this year with the bubble, and we get it. But what we've heard is it's actually harder on the players this year because they can do nothing. At least in the bubble, they were free to go fishing and hang out and grab drinks and grab dinner. And now, because they're not in the bubble, they are traveling, they're not really allowed to do anything outside of just be at home with their families. And we've seen it hit outside of the Lakers and the Jazz. You said it. It's hit pretty much everybody. Can the NBA finish this season? Because it really feels like it's going to be a limp to the finish. Yeah, I mean, they have gotten it a little more under control where, where we haven't seen as many teams, uh, you know, as, as, as that first wave has kind of recovered. Um, you know, the, we, we've seen fewer and fewer uh, COVID tests. I think they had zero uh, in there two times ago when they released numbers and then one in the last time. Uh, and they could certainly live with that. But the problem is, uh, you know, a lot of these teams have already been uh, you know they've already been uh, uh, upended, and and you know so that's that's a real problem. Uh, but you're right. You know, I mean, look, the players were never going to, and, and you can understand that they were never going to agree to a six month bubble or uh, or longer uh, when you factor in the playoffs. That was just never going to happen. Uh, so yeah, I, when when the league decided to to rush the season back and, and get it started on December 22nd, they were always uh, setting themselves up for this kind of thing. Uh, and uh, and and here we are. So you really can't be surprised about. It. You know, one interesting thing about the players not being able to do anything is, um, you know, I was talking to an assistant coach and he, I'm talking about why road teams have done so well. Uh, and and you know, people just assume well, it's no crowd. Uh, the coach said, well, that's because no, it's because the guys can't go anywhere. It's because I always know my players are in bed at eleven o'clock when they're on the road. I didn't know that before. So so that's kind of an interesting offshoot of all of this, uh, for sure. All right, a lot of interesting developments, though, uh, all around the league. Of course, the big three in Brooklyn, a, a huge uh, spotlight and focus on those three players and how they're performing. I don't know if they can continue to give up 170 a night and still win basketball games, but uh, the most interesting thing, uh, the swap there of roles where Kyrie Irving is now the off guard and James Harden has become the point guard on his team. Now, he played that role, uh, what, one year with Houston, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew he was a good passer because he had a lot of assists, but uh, he's been brilliant. He's been tiny Archibald-esque in this role. Uh, What do you see happening with the Nets, uh, and can they find a solution to their uh, rather weak defense? Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyrie is a much better sort of catch-and-shoot player, and and so if he's willing to play off the ball more, um, and, you know, maybe down the stretch you put the ball in his hand some because he is, uh, you know, one of the best finishers, just the, the ridiculous circus shots and the things that we see from him. Uh, that's that's probably the best setup for these guys. Um, and, you know, Harden is, is a terrific pick-and-roll point guard. People forget that when he came into the league, uh, you know, when he was with the Oklahoma City, uh, you know, he was a six-man, and they brought him in, and they just hammered the pick-and-roll and, uh, with the, uh, with their big guys, and that, that really made such a huge difference for that team. So, you know, for him to kind of get back to that, uh, you know, that that's, uh, uh, that's, that's a real key for them, you know, especially down the stretch of games where if you can have plays that you know you can run where you can get a good shot, uh, then, uh, uh, then, then, then that makes a big difference. So uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to put the ball 
ball in James Harden's hands. Uh, I just didn't know that they'd be able to wrestle it away from Kyrie, <laughs> and we'll see if yeah. that if that lasts for the whole uh, uh, for the whole of the season. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that 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 is the best setup for them. Uh, we'll see how it plays out in terms of uh, chemistry and things. John, what the hell are you doing with the Jazz? Because they've now won nineteen to twenty. Donovan Mitchell is a legit stud. He is a superstar. It's been a few years now. They did win a series or so in the playoffs last year. They played well in and out of the bubble. They have avoided COVID. They feel sort of like what the Heat did last year in the bubble where they've come together as a team and they are playing. They play really tough on both ends of the floor. They're like the only team in the NBA top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency. But when I look at that team, I still don't give them a damn chance versus the Clippers or the Lakers. I just feel like at some point their star power is sort of lacking compared to those two teams. What do you do with the Jazz long term? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, they're 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 an excellent defensive team. I, I, they came in with the with a significant advantage over everybody else. There was no training camp. There was such a short amount of time off. We know all that. But what the Jazz had is they basically had their whole team yep. back from last year, yep. and nobody else had that. The one guy they brought in was Derek Favors, who was with the team for six yeah. years before he went and spent one season in New Orleans. So, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, – uh, they didn't really have to teach these guys a whole lot of things. Everybody already knew that. So the defense came in, uh, you know, pretty well set. Uh, what's been shocking about them is that they've shot uh, 40% from the three-point line. They have they, – they've completely changed their game. Uh, you know, they are number one in three-point uh, three-pointers made – uh, in three pointers attempted, wow. uh, and that's uh, that's that's a serious difference uh, offensively from where this team is a, uh, has been uh, in the past. You know, it, it's just not been a team that uh, uh, that that shoots a lot of threes, and uh, uh, so so you know, for them to really kind of turn themselves into uh, the Mike D'Antoni Houston Rockets, uh, shooting threes and making layups, <laughs> uh, you know, that's uh, that that's been a real surprise is what they've done offensively. Now the question is, can they shoot forty percent from the three-point line for the year I just don't think so you know you've got guys like Royce O'Neal shooting over 40 percent and, and even Donovan Mitchell who's not a great perimeter shooter he's at 40 percent uh, you know I just don't think that's going to last I think that's got to come down uh, but if they can defend the way that they have been uh, and and continue that then then yeah there's there's a real chance that team uh, can wind up with the number one seed in the Western Conference what do you see happening with Blake Griffin the Detroit Pistons benching this guy now. Uh, they had a couple of games against the Heat uh, going back about a month ago, and Blake Griffin, it was weird. Uh, you're looking out there going, ah, that's Blake Griffin. He's a non-factor in this game, yeah. uh, averaging like 12 points a game. Uh, he's had injuries throughout his career. He's 32 years old. Uh, what do the Pistons do with Blake Griffin? Because it seems, Sean Devaney, that it's pretty clear that they don't want him on the roster anymore. Yeah, it's going to have to be a buyout. You know, it's really going to have a hard time finding a team willing to take on, you know, $75 million in, in salary for this year and, and next year uh, for Blake Griffin. So, you know, I, it's really going to be hard to see uh, who would possibly uh, make the leap in terms of a, uh, uh, in, in terms of a trade. Uh, if they can get him to give back some of that money, you know, so I think he's owed, with, with what he's already been paid this year, he's owed something like $60 bucks. If he were to give back $10 million, uh, for, for his release and, 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 and still collect that $50 million. The Pistons would still be paying him, but then he could be free to sign with somebody else. And I think somebody would take a chance on him. You know, obviously uh, the Heat have been mentioned. I, I don't know that he's a real fit there. Uh, I don't know that he's fit. I mean, look, he's just not himself. He hasn't dunked this year. 
This is Blake Griffin. Wow. He has not dunked this year uh, in, in, in 20 games. And, and you know, for a guy who, who that, that was his bread and butter for so long, that just shows you that, that, that he's a shell of himself right now. Hard to believe. What kind of question is that? What kind of a question is that? How could you ask me a question like that? Answer my question! The question, jerk! It's time for today's mini trivia challenge, brought to you by the great people at Gulfstream Park. The championship meet is on. They're racing Wednesday through Sunday. Place your bets at firstbet.com. On February 16, 1994, Utah Jazz guard John Stockton dished out 12 assists to reach 9,000 for his career, becoming only the third guard in league history to surpass that number. Today's Gulfstream Park Championship meet question is, who, along with Magic Johnson, also exceeded 9,000 assists at that point? Was it Bob Cousy, Casey Jones, Oscar Robertson, or Hal Greer? That answer in a moment. The championship meet is on at Gulfstream Park. Place your wagers at firstbet.com and get in on all the exciting action as the three-year-old campaign unfolds, culminating in one of racing's most exciting and majestic days, the running of the Florida Derby. Racing Wednesday through Sunday, the top trainers, jockeys, and horses are here set to compete in another blockbuster season of Gulfstream Park racing. Be a part of the exciting thoroughbred racing at Gulfstream Park. Establish a first bet account today and get into the game. There's no greater thrill in sport than the pulsating pace and chase to the wire of the glorious racing and intense competition taking place on the track at Gulfstream Park. Hallandale Beach Boulevard and US-1, for the latest information on dates, events, and fan access, log on to GulfstreamPark.com. The answer here was the obvious one, as the big O, Oscar Robertson, averaged a triple-double for a season and was the first to eclipse 9,000 assists during his tenure in the NBA. That's today's mini-trivia challenge, brought to you by the people at Gulfstream Park. Place your wagers at FirstBet.com for all the exciting action of Gulfstream's championship meet. explanation for what happened. I don't have an explanation for what happened. There is nothing better than Defo. It's now time for the Defo Show. Simple explanation there, uh, Bill. Tommy Boy told uh, that guy Yastrzemski to go into the bathroom, take the air out of the footballs. And you knew about it. What did you know and when did you know it? I can't believe people are ready to dump and bail out on Bill Belichick as the greatest coach of all time. Everybody's questioning him because Brady won the Super Bowl with a loaded stacked team, Luby. All right, we're coming back with more. Just getting started here on his fine Wednesday. Jeff Forrest and Mike Luby. Lubitz, 940 wins, 1230 The Zone, the iHeartRadio app around the world. Grant Long among our guests, the great Grant Long. And uh, he'll have his expert basketball analysis for us, and plus a lot of storytelling. And the 7 o'clock hour of the program. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. They're choking on the gyros in Spain right now. Developing sports story. It's 6.59. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.